this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. The Lord is inviting all people to come and drink the water of life freely. You see, that's what salvation is. It is the thing that satisfies the human soul. It is the thing that brings peace. It is the thing that washes and cleanses us so thoroughly from the stain of sin that it's like we never even had those stains upon us. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Revelation. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, in a message titled, Come, God's Invitations. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Verse 16, Jesus is speaking to us. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirst come. Whoever desires, let them take the water of life freely. We're going to look at this invitation that we read here. And it, of course, is this invitation to come and drink the water of life freely, take the water of life freely. And the water of life here is a symbolic way of describing salvation. And we'll talk about that a bit later, but just this this beautiful picture that God gives to us of what he offers to us, this this water of life. Now, of course, as we see, as we know, uh, here we are at the, the conclusion of the book of Revelation, but notice that we're also at the conclusion of the Bible itself. So, so we've come here uh, to the end of the, the entire biblical revelation, and the thing that is really amazing to me to think about is that here once again we have God extending his invitation to people and now think about this human history is among other things it's it's the story of of man's continued rejection of God man continues to reject God continues to spurn God's offer of life. And rather than giving up on man, rather than just deciding, okay, enough is enough. I've offered this so many times and it's been turned down. I'm just going to withdraw the offer. The amazing thing to me is to see how all the way to the very end, God continues uh, to hold out that that offer, that, that invitation is there. You know, think about it. If you yourself, if you were, you know, extending sort of like an olive branch for, you know, for illustration, you know, olive branch is like a, a peace sign. You know, if, if you, if you continue to extend that to someone, there, there's a point and, and you were constantly rejected, you were constantly spurned. There, there's a point you're just going to say, you know what, I'm done. 
okay? I've tried everything I can. They don't want this. Uh, I'm, I'm finished. I, I'm, I'm withdrawing the offer. But you know, the amazing thing is God has never done that. It, and even though history has been just a continual rejection of the creator by us, his creation, he still offers that gift of life. And, and we see that right here to the very end. Now, there are a number of places in the Bible where we find similar kinds of invitations. And they, they begin in a similar way with the, the invite to come. And so what I want to do today is I want to just look at a couple of those other invitations that are given, and then we'll, we'll come finally back to the one that we started with here. But what I want to look at when we take a look at these is to see what the invitation is to and who it is that is, is being invited. So if we go back to the book of Isaiah, you don't have to turn there, but maybe you want to just jot this down because it's a great invitation there. In the first chapter of Isaiah, verse 18, it says, the, the Lord is speaking and he says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they'll be as wool. So here's one of those invitations. And notice the invitation is to the sinner whose sins are like scarlet and crimson. Now, make no mistake about it. Everybody's a sinner. We're, we're all sinners. The Bible is crystal clear about this. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us are sinners. But not every one of us a sin necessarily to the same degree. Not everyone is affected by sin equally. Of course, in the, in the spiritual realm, in the eternal realm, we are all affected equally by sin. But not all of us are affected equally by sin in this life because not everyone uh, engages in sin to the level that your sins would be as scarlet or as crimson. So what's being described here is those who are under the, the control, really, of sin in all of its destructiveness. The, sometimes the, the term is used uh, to speak of people whose lives are just so devastated by sin as uh, people who are engaged or under the control of life-dominating sins. And there certainly are those kinds of life-dominating sins, sins that just literally wreck a person's life so that they can't even live life normally. They can't really even function normally. And so we're talking about those upon whom sin has left its mark. The stain of sin goes deep into the fabric of their life. Sin permeates the very warp and woof of their being. But still, God is able. And notice what he's able to do. Notice the promise. 
Though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. God is able to take those lives that would appear to other people to be beyond repair. He's able to take them and actually cleanse them to such an extent that the stain is completely removed. That's the promise here. That's amazing. And you know, that's really what redemption is. God is the God of redemption. He redeems things. The word redeem, the idea behind it is to purchase back something that was lost, something that was stolen, something that was taken away. Redemption is, is buying that back, bringing that back. And, and God is the God of redemption. You know, one of the places, interestingly, one of the places where there is an amazing work of God happening in our day that we, we don't necessarily know this because we might not be directly connected to it, but did you know that in the prisons across this country, there is a mighty work of God that's taking place? And, and this is not the normal kind of a situation, but, but for about the past you know, 20 years or so, there, there's been an extraordinary outpouring of the Spirit in prisons all across this country. And men who's, and, and women, whose lives would be like this. It's being described here. Their sins of scarlet, like crimson. The, the blot, the stain is so obvious and, it, and it's so thoroughly permeated their, their being that they are incapable of even functioning out in society. Many are being redeemed. Many are being washed. Many are being cleansed. So as we consider this invitation here in Isaiah 118, let us all know that whether it's for ourselves or for someone else, the invitation is still there to come and have those stains removed by the blood of Jesus. There's no one that's too far. There's no one whose pit is too deep. There's no stain that's too dark that the blood of Jesus can't remove. So that's one invitation. Second invitation that I want to look at is found in Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, here Jesus extends an invitation and he says this. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, like I said a few moments ago, we're all sinners. There's no person anywhere in the world, never has been, who, who's not a sinner. But like we also said, we have to recognize it, that not everybody has engaged in sin to the same degree and not everybody's life is marred by sin to the same degree. And so the 
sort of the, the manifestation of the, the presence of sin in, in people's lives varies to some extent from person to person. And rather than the person who has, you know, their sins of scarlet and crimson and they're, they're right there, it's just a massive blot. You, you can just, it's inescapably obvious. You can't help but see it. There's, there's other people who aren't really like that externally, but yet the reality is there, there's still sin there. There's the burden of sin. And Jesus here is extending an invitation to those who labor and are heavy laden. He's talking to those who are weary, the man or the woman who is burdened by sin, weighed down by the heaviness of life, overcome by troubles and cares that are connected back to sin that's in the world and and sin that's in our hearts as well. And it's the same solution. The solution is coming to Jesus, coming to him. And as he said, he will take that heavy burden. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He will take that burden of sin that we bear. You know, sin is a heavy burden and trying to come out from under it, apart from the grace of God, it, it can't happen. It ends up being a crushing thing. And so when we take him up on this invitation to come to him, we receive the rest, the relief, we receive the peace that is otherwise unattainable. But then that brings us to God's final invitation here. And as we read here, the spirit and the bride say, come Let him who hears say, come. Let him who thirst come. And and this is the third category that I want to look at. There's the, as as we said, there's the the sin that's deep and and it's it's permeated into the very fabric of a a person's soul. The sin is is scarlet and crimson. And then there's the sin that that weighs down the burdens. But now here's the third category. And I think everybody's somewhere in one of these categories. And in some cases, we we might be in all three places. But but the third description here of the, the condition that the invitation is meant to remedy is that of thirst, if anyone thirst. And I think that that this is so prevalent in our culture today. And the idea that most people have is that through the obtaining of things, material things, or, or by gaining you know, some sort of position in society, or, or by you know, really just discovering myself and living for who I really am, that it's through this that I'm finally gonna have this thirst quenched. So the invitation here is to the thirsty, is to those who find that nothing in the world satisfies, nothing fulfills. There is in them a deep sense of emptiness and futility. And and this is true, like I said, of multitudes of people. And, And everybody's always thinking that, well, you know, it's just, it's the next thing. That's, that's what's going to do it for me. 
I remember myself uh, before I came to Christ, that was where I was at. I was always looking to the future because, you know, from where I was, I was restless. I was thirsty. It didn't matter what I was doing. So I would think, okay, well, you know, I'm going to move on to this next thing. And when I, when I get to that spot, that's where the thirst will be quenched. But you know what? I would get to that spot and I'd find it. Well, I'm just as thirsty here as I was back there. It's a, it's a never ending thing because the truth of the matter is this, that in every single human heart, and I, when I say heart, I don't mean the physical organ. I mean, the, the, the core of every single human being, there is a God-shaped void, and there's nothing that can be put in that place except God that will bring fulfillment. It's just as Augustine said, we were made by God and for God, and we are restless until we come to know him. That is the situation. But notice the invitation. This is the invitation. The Lord is saying, come. Come. Whoever is thirsty, come. Let him drink of the water of life freely. And that's the picture of what we're talking about here. The Lord is inviting all people to come and drink the water of life freely. And you see, that's what salvation is. It is the thing that satisfies the human soul. It is the thing that brings peace. It is the thing that washes and cleanses us so thoroughly from the stain of sin that it's like we never even had those stains upon us. And that invitation, like I said in the beginning, it goes all the way out right to the end. That's where we're at. We're right at the end of the Bible. And God is still extending the invitation. And notice what it says. The spirit and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit, you know what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world today? The Holy Spirit is saying, come to people. He's convicting the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And in doing that, he's seeking to draw people to Jesus. That's the work of the Spirit. He's saying to people, come. I want to say this to you. If you are a parent today, and you have a child that has gone astray, that has wandered off, maybe so far from the place that they should be, maybe their lives are dominated by sin. Maybe that stain of sin is so deep. Maybe they're in prison. Maybe they're living on the streets because they're addicted to drugs. Know this, the Spirit is saying to them, come, keep praying for them. Because even though you might not see it, even though you, you, you might not have any sense that there's anything happening, the Spirit says, come. And that's what the Spirit does. And I have heard testimony after testimony about how in the midst of that, that deep, dark, sinful place, many would testify and say, the Spirit was saying, come. I came back to the Lord because this is what the Spirit was doing in my life. And of course, then we realize that yes, and Loved ones had not stopped praying for them. Keep praying. The spirit says, come. The bride says, come. The bride says, come. You know, it is our privilege. We're the bride. It is our privilege to invite people to come to Jesus. You know, sometimes we get all hung up about what we call evangelism, sharing our faith. Sometimes we get all intimidated 
And sometimes we, we get all stressed out about that. But you know, listen, let's just simplify it. What are we doing? We're just inviting people to come. You know, I don't have to convince somebody that the, the Bible is true. I don't have to convince somebody that the gospel is reality. It's not my responsibility to make people understand this to the point that they can really believe it. You know, all I need to do is just invite people, you know, come. Come and see. Because the truth of the matter is, Jesus is very much alive and well. And uh, you come and see, and guess what? You'll meet him. He'll, he'll, he'll let you know what the facts are. I like in the Gospel of John, you have this series of events where Andrew, uh, he goes and gets his brother, Simon Peter. He says, come. And they go, others, and they get uh, the Philip and Nathaniel, and they're, you know, come and see, come and see. We, we found the Messiah. Come, well, just come and see. You know, they didn't say, we found the Messiah. And, and here's 10 reasons why we know this is the Messiah. They just said, we found the Messiah. Oh, come on. How could you have found the Messiah? Are you sure? Well, come and see. Come and check it out. And, and so for us as well, like I said, sometimes we just get way too hung up. And we find that, you know what? The Spirit's already at work. So what are we doing? Inviting people. Come and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You want to know about Jesus? You want to know if he's real? Well, ask him if he's real. I don't have to convince you that he's real. <laughs> you, you really want to know he's real? Guess what? If you ask him, he'll tell you. He'll make himself known to you. The spirit and the bride say come. So this is our privilege that we, it's, it's not a burden, it's a privilege that we get to do this. And let him who hears say come. And who does the invitation go out to? Whoever desires. Whoever desires. That's the same all the way through. Whosoever will Whosoever believes, God has this offer of the water of life, and it's free to everyone. The only thing one must do is want it, desire it. And like Jesus said, there's not a single person. He said, whoever comes to me, I will never, ever turn them away. There's no one that's gone too far. There's no pit that's too deep. There's no burden that's too heavy. There's no thirst that's unquenchable because Christ is able to deal with all those things. And, and that invitation goes out today. It's gone out all throughout history and it's gonna go out right to the very end because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Let's not forget that. God wants to save people. Jesus died so people could be saved. Who did he die for? He died for everybody. So everybody is a candidate for salvation. So we as the bride, let's say come. And let's have confidence that the Spirit is saying come. And of course, let's, for ourselves, who have already come, just stay refreshed there in that fountain of living water the water of life. Just keep drinking from that, that fountain and let that fountain well up within and pour out from our lives.
Let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource. One of my favorite topics is history, and church history is a part of that. I've read many church history books, and I recently read a fantastic book by an author named John Dixon, and the book is called Bullies and Saints. And the subtitle is An Honest Look at the Good and Evil in Christian History. And John is an Australian. He is an apologist. He is also a historian, and he does an excellent job at looking at both the good and the bad things in church history. So if you're into history, I think knowing church history is important for Christians. I highly recommend Bullies and Saints by John Dixon. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Bullies and Saints, An Honest Look at the Good and Evil of Christian History by John Dixon. You can order the book Bullies and Saints by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book The Bullies and Saints by John Dixon to help you understand both the good and bad historical contributions of Christianity. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Revelation. Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.